congratulations. You found it. The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerd, Jessica Butcher. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time. They are three book girls. I kind of feel like a bum now that you told me I wasn't dressed up enough for the podcast. Oh my God, did you miss the sarcasm? I mean, I'm wearing a shirt. It's not she like I'm just jo- in my bra. She was joking. You look Besides, that's the coolest t shirt ever. It says the Beatles. Oh, look at the bottom. Cute. Isn't that cute? Oh, I like that. We went to Target and bought t shirts. This is mine. I have a NASA shirt just like that, Do except you? it's gray. They had a gray one, too. but Well, we, she just said that she didn't want grays. So we're running around Walmart trying to find every shirt that Target. was not gray. Target, sorry. Target. Trying to, trying to make me a what trash girl? I shop at Walmart. What are well, you trying to say? I do, too, but I don't buy my clothes there. Yeah. Hey, I have the I have most comfortable ever swimming shorts from Walmart, and they were $8. I have magic pants from Walmart. I convinced... <laughs> magic pants? I convinced five people, one of which was a complete stranger, to buy these pants. It's not an exaggeration. What's so special about these pants? Yes, so number tell us one, about the magic they're pants. extremely soft. They were drawstring. They were like hammer pants light. So like a little baggy, but like they came in at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Super lightweight, so you could wear them in summer. They had this fantastically loud like elephant pattern on them. So I convinced my roommate to buy them. I like then elephants. Then a friend. <laughs> then another friend. Then my roommate's friend, I convinced her to buy it. And then a stranger in Walmart. So if you want elephants on your ass. That's all you had to say, Alyssa, is elephants, and I'm elephants, in. Elephants, elephants, elephants. They're so The other shirt I bought the other day has an elephant on it. It does. Give yep. it to me. You're right. It's really cool at Target. It was it was inexpensive at <laughs> yeah, Target. Yeah, it was cheap. And it's Ooh. soft. It's that same color that you have on. I will take anything elephant. It's really cool. Very nice. Although. <laughs> Speaking of which, after the podcast, we need to talk shirts. Yes, we have to talk shirts. So. Cool. Because we're having shirts made for our event. <gasps> cool. And, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's so exciting. I know. We're just, we're just and we have mugs. I and saw. They're oh, yes. adorable. Underneath my desk. Would you like to go retrieve one? You want to do it right now or after the podcast? Should maybe wait till after the podcast. Well, I want her to see it right now. I, I saw it. I saw it on it. I to hold it. <laughs> I'm going to get it. Okay. Because we have ours. Alyssa should have hers, too. I can't wait. Yeah, I ran mine through the dishwasher so I can use it. I'm going to take it to work next week and use I'm it. I'm so excited about it. So you're telling me it's dishwasher safe? Um, I haven't looked at it, so I'm so hoping it not. is. Okay. <laughs> I think it should be. I don't know. We'll check the bottom when she brings you one. It's pretty basic. Oh, wait. I don't know wait, why it wouldn't. This is dumb. Did you have this one? completely stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Just hold that one, Martha. Comes in. It just says made in China. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't. I don't think it has anything that would come off in the dishwasher. That well, I didn't know logo this would might, come off because it's not. Uh, it's not like etched in. I will say it's so not it's raised printed. too yeah, much. Yeah, but it's though, not raised, so. so we'll see. I know. I don't know because I have. Have you ever seen those? Like, actually, you know the Dave and Buster's glasses. <laughs> How did she do that? It was in my bag. She got hers. <laughs> you magicked it. Thank right you. It's so she cute. She does have magic pants. Magic pants. I do have magic pants. That's like the magic bus. You guys are too young. Like for the that magic song. school bus? No. No, a different magic bus. Who called the magic bus? Magic when, bus. When I found the magic bus. <laughs> 
the drawy oh, shorts that go underneath my dress. I thought they were magic pants. I, Actually, I can probably I do, do that. love these. I love the ones shaped like this. Like they just I feel. I like the the bowl also, of coffee. Also, I can put coffee. so much more tea in it. You can or thank Vonnie for that because that was her. <laughs> yep, that was Vonnie's choice. I love big fat mugs. Me too. I have one from Six Flags from when I was like 16. It's got Tweety on it. I still use it. And then I have one that's really big that I got in San Francisco. That's cool. And then I have a bunch of little ones, but I like these better. I don't have any old mugs, but we used to joke in my family. So I got this set of like four Domino's cups in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And I would not let my family throw them away to the point that we used to joke that they were my dowry. And that's what I was going to bring to my marriage was a man would marry me and I would bring these four plastic Domino's cups with just like some flecked blue and red paint on them. Yeah. Yeah, I could really go for one of them pickle. What do you what do you call it? A pickle snow cone. There's snow cone that's disgusting, Martha. There's pickle everything right now. Yeah. Pickle chips. I will say, yeah, I once saw my cousin Caleb eat an entire family sized bag of pickle chips when we were sixteen. Did he vomit afterwards? No, because he was like a six foot two, sixteen year old boy, so he just needed that nourishment and then he moved on to other foods. See? You called pickles nourishment. I mean, I accept that they're a food. That doesn't mean I like them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my grandmother used to make something I found really disgusting because I don't like sweet pickles. Uh She made watermelon sweet pickles. So she would take the rind of the watermelon and pickle it in sweet pickle goop. And it was a thing. It's a family thing, evidently. Watermelon sweet pickles. That's really weird. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting when we were talking about it earlier that you thought it was weird to buy a pickle at the movie theater. It is so weird. They sell them at like the gas station. Well, when I was a kid, we, we had them in a big, they, were, they came in a big barrel and they were only at the drive-in movie. And you would go in and order one and they would stick the stick in the pickle barrel. Uh-uh. And just spear that baby right That's on. So now they have them, like, like you can go to the grocery store and they'll have them like individually wrapped, uh, and so you can just buy one and go eat it. Or at the gas station, or. But I don't like pickles if they're if they've been messed with, cut open, or sliced. Me and Travis argue about the brand because I like when there's meat on the. If it's cut, there better be meat on it. Right. And then Travis likes these because ones. you don't eat the rind. I hate that. Yeah, I hate the skin of it. I, on cucumber, I hate the skin, too. I just don't like, I don't know, I just like the inside of it. So you eat the pickle like Tom Hanks ate the corn on Big? Would just be like... <laughs> I mean, not quite like that, Martha, but yes. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever heard of anybody just eating the inside of a pickle. Travis thinks I'm before. weird. I eat the inside and then I give him the skin... That makes it a little weirder. Yeah. Yeah, Because he'll eat that. I didn't think it was weird until you said that. Yeah, but they swap spit, so what's a little pickle juice on the side? I just, it's more like, why would you just eat the rind of a pickle? I mean, I don't like them, but that seems like not the part I would eat by itself. I would like the flavor. I would. I like like it. I would eat it. Not from crunchy. Not from Nicole, because (laughs) (laughs) unless it came whole in the first place, I would not eat it. It has to come whole. And if then, your husband ate just the inside, would you then eat the rind? Yeah, I think I would. <laughs> <laughs> or my child. How many times, Vani, have she you eaten something, that, actually. the rest of what Tyler 
Yeah, but I take it apart before I give it to him. I don't let him gnaw out the inside and then eat the outside. <laughs> I would take the pickle and like take a knife and like peel it like you would like a cucumber and then give him the inside and then I would eat the rind. That's too much work. It's just a damn pickle. <laughs> <It's all so laughs> well, I mean, like for example, when Tyler was little, he he loved corn dogs. It was one of his favorite things ever. But he would not eat the cornbread on the outside. He would only eat the hot dog in the inside. I love the cornbread. So he likes was hot dogs. And he would only eat the hot dogs that came in a corn dog. I tried to get him a regular hot Doesn't dog one time, and he would not eat it. They do taste different. Huh. It's because you know they're they're, they're around fried. that they're corn. Fried. Yeah, but they're around that cornbread, and they like soak in that cornbread. I don't goodness. know. It's something. So whenever <laughs> I would go get corn dogs for him, I would pick all the corn off the outside and give him the dog and I would eat the cornbread. Mm, but I didn't like give bread. it to him and let him like <laughs> suck out the inside of the hot dog and then eat the cornbread. See, I would do that. I've eaten a corn dog since I'm I was that, like four. Oh, I'm I just that kind dogs. of a mom. I would I do know. that. I'm just sharing like, is caring, right? That's right. Sharing is caring. Just well, like no, they I, said it's in, not like it circle. would gross me out to do it. It's just I think ahead and think, okay, well, he's not going to eat the corn on the outside, so I'm going to pick it off first. <laughs> so then well, instead of him making a mess and me eating what's left but over that's on the main stick, meal, it's different when like you go get a sandwich and they give you a pickle and you're just like, well, I kind of want this pickle. So you're just like, I don't know, I'm not going to go get a knife and just like, <laughs> just for a damn pickle, I wouldn't I like would. just because disembowel the pickle. Because I'm, I'm just lazy. You're I would, talking to somebody that like, disembowels a Snickers bar before I eat she it. Does. I would disembowel I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I just she does. Please but, explain. I like to take the Snickers bars and put them in the refrigerator because if you do that, you can cut off the nougat part from the peanut and the caramel part and then you eat them separate she eats everything separately but though why? this is a because woman who good. disconstructs so her sandwiches hard. yes and twix i love to de- de- uh, deconstruct deconstruct twix bars you were that kid in that experiment who could absolutely wait for the second marshmallow <laughs> yes i'm not <laughs> but you know what i do with it so my husband buys these um these uh what do you call them Malted milk balls. Oh, from, so good. He buys the big ones from yeah. Winco or someplace. He, mm-hmm. They always come home in a in a grocery store bag, like the ones mm-hmm. that in, are in the vat. Yeah. The vat o milk balls. <clears throat> and he leaves them laying around on the counter. Well, I don't like all that chocolate because I don't like milk chocolate. So you scrape <laughs> off the chocolate and eat. So I'll get ball? a paring paring knife and I'll pare all the chocolate off into the sink and then eat the moth What ball. is wrong with you people? I could see me doing that. Oh, because I like the malted milk ball center. I said mothball, didn't I? Yeah. Malted milk ball center. I have been you so desperate for chocolate balls. before <laughs> that I have taken a chocolate covered cherry, cut it in half, threw the cherry out from the inside and ate the chocolate from I would the do outside. that because I don't like cherries. And so if I yeah, wanted I the like chocolate enough, either. I would pull it out. Right. You're both from the same town and you both hate cherries. Yes. yes. Hey, I what don't like cherries odds? either, but I have a reason. <laughs> Why? Because you barf them once? No. Well, no. But my uh, kind of grandpa, like he would take me to the VFW when I was a kid, and he'd sit me up at the bar and, and buy he'd you be a like, Shirley Temple. Not a Shirley Temple. He'd be like, "Hey, just empty a jar of cherries for," her. and they'd literally get like a plate and then dump the entire jar of cherries out for me. And I was like six, sitting at a bar at the VFW <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, Texas, and then I'd eat all of the cherries, and now they just. Well, maraschino cherries are sick. disgusting. I understand. Anyway. Like, just the thought of them is just like, nope. Hmm. 
<laughs> See, my grandma owned a bar when I was mm-hmm. about six. Well, apparently it wasn't. It was normal to just take your granddaughter to yeah, the bar, and she would sit make them me at the grasshoppers. Nineties. Yeah, <gasps> I love grasshoppers. They were so good. My aunt was a bartender for a long time, and that's what we had for my twenty-first birthday. Was grasshoppers? Was grasshoppers. Yeah. I'd never heard of them before. She's like, "I'm gonna make you grasshoppers," and I was like, "I don't know what that is." She's like, "It's a surprise." Then, oh my god, it's like a mint milkshake. They're so good. When you're I an adult, they I've get alcohol actually... in them. When you're a child, it's just a mint milkshake. I'm assuming. But well, Martha, you need to try it with not or Christmas a Eve. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, oh. Christmas Eve, you had to sleep, so it was either Nyquil or. A grasshopper, grasshopper, which is much better than NyQuil, because <laughs> NyQuil is disgusting. Okay, Nicole, you said a a wickle, a wickle or a tickle. What's a wickle? It is a shot of whiskey, and you follow it with a pickle back. No, <laughs> like an actual pickle or like the pickle juice? juice, just the juice. Jesus Christ! Oh! You know, I actually might ah. be able to stomach some whiskey in that case. And then a tickle is tequila, followed by a pickle. Shot juice. I mean, that would be the, the same. They would have the salty. Me a little sick to my stomach. <laughs> like, it's supposed Alyssa's, to get rid of the oh aftertaste. Like I've never had one, but I know some people who like to go to the bar, and that's what the, if they take a shot, they'll have do that. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> Alyssa's starting to turn a little green, <laughs> just like a pickle. So I think maybe we should change the subject. <laughs> I just don't understand it. It is a little odd. I have to admit. Well, today, guess what we did? What? We went to Full Circle Bookstore and talked about our event coming up on September 29th. Yay! She was like, well, this is where you're going to be, and this is what we're going to do, and we were all very excited, and we're we're sitting at the table, and they have the little table tents with the mm-hmm. information about books and brews, and our name is on there! It's very exciting. Yeah. It's very and exciting. again, that's September 29th, 7 o'clock. And if be you live there, in this area and you're not there, we will hunt you down and kill you. Even if you or don't want to discuss our featured books, <laughs> we will discuss any book with you. And they have beer, so it's a win-win. Right. Coop Aleworks has the best exactly. beer. Also, it's an independent bookstore. Yes, and mm-hmm. an independent brewer. In the middle of the city. Yes. Yeah. And we have Uber and Lyft. We do. It's going to be a Or you could just walk to the mall and walk it off. Like Now, that's true. It is right across the street. You either go in the mall or just take a loop around the parking lot one time that has to be at least a mile. Yeah, at least. We <laughs> see my son's going to be there helping us out and he's not old enough to drink, so he could drive his mom home. Oh. So you're good. I'm good. I have a designated driver. Yeah. Although his girlfriend will be old enough by that time to drink. <laughs> so he might have to drive her home and they live somewhere else. So. Then he, he might get stuck with two drunk bitches in his car. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're drinking DNR, that's pretty sure. Pretty sure thing. <laughs> we met with the lady. We went up there and we we're talking to her. And I told her, I'm like, well, it's nice to meet you. She says, well, I think I met you last time. I'm like, oh, well, I had been drinking a lot, so I don't remember. <laughs> DNRs are 10-point beers. Mm-hmm. And Vonnie had two or three? I had two in a very short amount of time. I wanted a third one, but Th- I decided right. not yeah. to. So she was like, I think I recognize you. <laughs> I mean, you could have been there. I don't know. Uh, but the books, if you want to read the books, are The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt, The Book Thief by Marcus Zuzak, 
and Night the Circus. Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. Aaron with an E. Mm-hmm. So if you want to pick up one of those books and get them read by the time we get to September 29th, then you can join the conversation. And yes, we are going to do Facebook Live. So for those of you who live elsewhere, then you can join in live with us at that moment. Leave us comments. It's going to be fun. So if you haven't followed us on Facebook yet, you need to do that as soon as possible so that you can participate. Because we'll be very sad if you don't. Where are we going from here? Books? Duh. Uh, I mean, that is what we're here for. <laughs> Alyssa, I'm so glad you're here, too. Yeah? Because my friend Vicki, who uh-huh. I went to high school with, and we were best friends when we were young, obviously, and she uh-huh. always read romance novels. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Constantly. I was the horror freak, and she was the one that was reading romance novels. Well, to this day, she still reads romance novels. Because they're great. And when I was in Wyoming, we got together. Uh-huh. And she talked about romance novels. I'm like, we have a romance correspondent now. Yes. So she is going to give you recommendations for romance books. Of so course. she's very excited. She's a little behind on on the episode, so she hadn't heard She'll one make of it you to me. Yeah, she will. She's very excited. And she loves our podcast, too. (laughs) So, who wants to be the brave individual to go first? You know, I've had a bad couple of book weeks. Seems like, and I don't know if anybody else does this, but I, I read a lot, but then sometimes I just cannot find a book that I can get into. Uh Even like my regulars. I even checked out a war book and read two chapters, and I was like, eh, I'm not in the mood for this. I do that all the time. I hate that. And I tried to do like a short classic, and I couldn't, I only got like two hours into that, and I was like, eh, I want to read that. Yeah, sometimes if you're distracted, or you've got other stuff going on in your life, it is, it is hard to focus. Yeah, and sometimes I just, I don't know. You're in a slump. That's what it is. Yeah, but I did read The Power that you and Jessica read. I don't, have you read that one, Nicole? The Power? Not yet. It's on my list to read. read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I hope you get to read it before we do our event because I think we may also touch on that one too. Yeah, just like have that I as know an alternate. Have time. I, I'll try. Okay. So being in, a, being in a book slump is so depressing to me. Right. And I think what happened was, you know, I had a little backlog on books to review for the podcast. So I took the opportunity to reread the books that we're going to have on the event. And right. to read The Power, because I hadn't read that, and I hadn't read The Night Circus. But I also reread The Book Thief and Goldfinch, and I love those books so much that I think it sullies my brain uh, for a long amount, yeah. for you know a period of time before I can pick up another book and read it. Now that you mention it, I'm also rereading The Goldfinch. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. Because I had a hard time trying to get into anything else, too. Because I want to have stuff I can review. Mm-hmm. So I'll stop reading The Goldfinch for a while and go read something else. And I think that's what it is. Yeah. And then you so start good. reading it. And then you're like, this is shit. I need to go back to this. <laughs> <laughs> this is so poorly written. Where's my Donna Tart book? <laughs> I do that when I'm like, I have 40 books on my Kindle I need to read that I have purchased. But I'm like, but reread this. Because yeah, you and, love this, and you know it'll be good. <laughs> and I do that. When I get in a slump, that's what I do. I go back to one of my regular favorites, and I reread that because I know that I love it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I'll just let that one expire. <laughs> 
But I do have a book that I've read, and I, this one was actually really good. It was not one that I had to put down and come back to. It was called Lilac Girls by Martha Hall Kelly. Well, no wonder it was by a Martha. We're the best. Well, yeah, and and it was about World War II, so, I mean, double whammy right War there. War and Martha's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so tell us about it. Um, this is, like I said, during World War II, and it is about three different women who all touch each other's lives, but they are nowhere near each other whatsoever. It is about a lady named Caroline, who's a wealthy New York volunteer for a French consulate, and a girl named Kasia, who lives in Poland, and she actually works for the resistance in Poland and ends up getting caught and sent to a concentration camp. And it is about a lady named Herda, pretty sure is what her name is, who is from Germany, and she is a doctor that works for a concentration camp um, terminating prisoners. Oh, no way. How depressing is that? (laughs) Yes, so it kind of tells about all of their lives and how they touch each other's lives. Of course, you know, the German Nazi doctor is pretty much the bad guy in it, but it tells her backstory in such a way that you understand how she got put in the situation of working for this concentration camp, helping, you know, exterminate prisoners. Because, I mean, in, in Nazi Germany, it's not like you had that much of a choice of what you're going to do. Yeah. So even though she was a, a horrible person, and you can kind of sympathize with her uh-huh. a little bit, I'm not saying that she was she was, you know, a great character in this book. She was pretty much a villain, and she was pretty cold hearted in most of it. But you get an understanding of what her situation was. Kasha. Uh, being working for the resistance and um, she actually at the concentration camp she becomes one of the rabbit girls one of the rabbits what's a rabbit what they do um, I'm pretty sure that I've reviewed other books that this has happened but they do experimental surgeries on prisoners in concentration camps to help them understand how to treat war wounds better so what they did with these rabbit girls is they would take them and they would recreate Wounds that their German soldiers were getting on the front lines. So on they'd the shoot them in the knee and then figure out how to fix it? Well, like... Um, they'd torture them. Ah! Like, for instance, like one had... They put um, wood splinters in her leg and then sewed her back up and put a cast on it so that they couldn't treat it until it was almost gangrene until it had such an infection by the time they took it off so this is the kind of stuff that they were doing to these prisoners the ones that they weren't you know exterminating damn so and she was one of the rabbit girls along with or one of the rabbits they called them they were all female because that part of the concentration camp was all female so I, I don't know it was just it was really good and then Caroline ends up doing fundraising to help the rabbit girls later in, in the book. She brings them to the United States. Oh, so they they're actually survive. So to try to help them. Not everybody survives, but I can't tell you who does oh, and who doesn't. Sorry, because sorry. then that would ruin 
the book. Yeah, we don't want any spoilers. Right. It, there's hard, I mean, it's Nazi Germany in a concentration camp. Of course, there's going to be heartache. And horror. And horror. And <sighs> I was really afraid when I very first picked up this book. And anyone who reads this book, just be aware the very the first couple of chapters are very romancy. Oh. I was very afraid that this was going to turn into a romance novel and not what I thought it was, which for some people that's okay. I know. Romance. And I have read stuff with romance, it's and romance is good, but I didn't want it it was like gooey romance. I and it was like, okay. This book keeps up gooey romance <laughs> and they don't throw some torture in there. I'm gonna have to put it down. <laughs> but they did. The torture came later, so it was all good. It sounds good. It mm-hmm. does. No, it doesn't. It sounds horrible, but I'm glad that you read it, though. I'm glad that you liked it. It was. It was very good. And it's interesting <laughs> to see how these women, I mean, they were strong women. They were very strong female presence in the story, even though one of them is a cold-hearted, evil bitch. Exterminator of concentration camp prisoners. <laughs> but she was still a good character, I thought. Well, there the are book. all kinds of good characters, and not necessarily all of them are good. Right. And you don't necessarily yeah. have to like everything about the character to be able to sympathize with them, I don't think. That's true. So, And again, that was Lilac Girls by Martha Hall Kelly. And I would recommend. I liked this book very much. I read this one before the um, book Lull. And who told you about it? Um, of course you did. I just saw the reviews for it and said, oh, man, that looks like a Vani book. Vani, have you read that? Don't break your arm patting yourself on the back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and I had to put this on hold. This has actually been on hold in the library for a long time. Yeah, because it's a lot of times that, you know, we have to wait forever to get stuff. Uh We're Mm -hmm. normal people out here. We don't get advanced copies of everything we want. Right. I am reading one, though, that it's an advanced copy, and I'm really, really liking it. Of course, it's another political one. I'm hoping to have it done by next week. It's about China, which is one that I do not read very much. Hmm. Now I'm intrigued. It is about China during the Olympics. Ooh. Ooh. When they um, hosted the Olympics (coughs) in Beijing. Mm. Cool. Just a little teaser there. So listen next week. Who wants to go next? You guys want to mix it up? I don't care. I'll go next. I don't care. Do you want to go? No, you're good. Okay. Martha likes this when we go in a line anyways. (laughs) Yeah, I like to keep things orderly in here. (laughs) And Alyssa has, do you want to talk about your your news story first or we want to save that for last? We'll save it for last. Okay. Okay. So I want to preface talking about this book and saying it's one of the things that makes me really excited about where the romance genre is going. So... It's called A Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue, and it's by Mackenzie Lee. And so it is part of this movement forward in the romance genre, which I'm very excited about, that recognizes that there are people who aren't white on this planet um, and (laughs) LGBTQ people. It's really, really exciting. The romance genre is finally starting to expand. It was really behind... I mean, it is still really behind, to be fair. It's mostly a lot of white, pretty people falling in love. That's like... Like the movies. Yeah. They do the same thing with books. Yeah. It's a solid, solid chunk. Yeah. Um, But so this book 
is part of the kind of widening of the genre, and it's really excited. So this is actually a young adult novel, and I thought about it. I would classify it like half romance, half adventure. I, it's not one or the other. So it's, it wasn't. It's both. It wasn't gooey, gooey romancy. It had some action I mean, a in there bit, too. But yeah, like it had some romance in it okay. for sure. Um, so this is the story of Henry Montague and his friends call him Monty, and he, this is historical. And so he is 18 years old, and he has just gotten back from Eton College. And someday he, when his father dies, he will be an earl. And it's a story of him and his best friend Percy, who is half black, half white, because his father had an affair with one of their black servants, but he raised Percy as one of his own children. Um, And so this is the story. And for a long time, Monty has been in love with Percy, who's his best friend, which is really hard because uh, back then, if we think that people have a hard time now with LGBT people back then, it was was worse, a lot worse. Death Um, sentence, pretty much, wasn't it? Right. And so... um, Monty is bisexual, and so he likes girls and boys, but who he, he really loves Percy. The great thing about this book is it's like, oh, this is what it's like when you're a teenager and you're in love, and you're like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me and the biggest thing that's ever happened to me, and it's like the beginning and the end of the world, and it's so, yeah. so sweet. And Aww. so he's, for a teenager, for someone who's 18 to have been in love with his best friend since he was 16, that's like the big epic love of your life when yeah. they're that when they're That's that very, young very when you're true. that young mm-hmm. and so um they are leaving for the continent because Monty is doing what they called his grand European tour. And so it's kind of like when rich kids do a gap year. Yeah, I was just going to say a gap, gap year. year. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, they're going on a tour. They're going to go to Marseille. They're going to go to Barcelona. They're going to go to Venice. They're going to take a trip around Europe. And then Percy is going to law school. And Monty's going to go back and learn how to run his father's estate and basically become the Earl someday. Mm. Um, And so they start this trip and they go to Marseille and um, it's not anything that Monty wanted it to be. So he's kind of a carouser. He likes to have fun. He likes kissing boys. He likes kissing girls. He's a very bad reputation, (laughs) especially because so it's known Mm -hmm. that he likes boys as well. And so... um, Society knows about that, which is not great. He has a very bad reputation because mm-hmm. of that. Um, and so instead of the fun tour around Europe, he thought they were going to take it's very scientific and academic, and they go to all these lectures, and he's bored out of his mind. <laughs> well, one night, Percy kisses him, and you're like, yay! <laughs> Finally! What's going to happen? This is only like 20% of the book. <laughs> so I was like, yay! Uh-huh. I didn't have to wait the whole book. Because mm-hmm. of why that's usually the end of the book. Right. They finally kissed. Yay! <laughs> um, but then Monty does something really dumb, and so they don't get together, and it's really sad. Um, but so in acting out, he does something dumb, but he doesn't really mean it, and so they're both, I mean, they're petulant teenagers also. So yeah. um, mm-hmm. you don't stop being petulant the second you turn 18, and so... <laughs> <laughs> and, and Bonnie and I would know that because... Yes. <laughs> I have an almost 20-year-old, and he's constantly petulant. (laughs) But so they go to a party at Versailles, um, and everyone has gone. So Monty, Percy, Monty's younger sister, Felicity, and then they're like, minder. 
He's just mm. like a friend of the family. His name is Lockwood. And so while at this party, um, Monty gets into a little bit of trouble because he's always in a little bit of trouble and he steals something. <gasps> but you don't think it's very big. It's kind of one of those things where it's just kind of like a little fuck you to like mm-hmm. someone you don't like. It's not like you haven't like stolen a bunch of money or something important. You're like, I just stole this trinket. Well, as it turns out, that trinket was very, very, very important. And so this is where the adventure starts. <laughs> and so on their way to their next stop, they've left Marseille. They are overtaken by highwaymen who kill their driver, cut their horses loose, and try to kill everyone who is in the carriage. So all Dang. four, all that four trinket. are cast. Yes, for the trinket, which wow. they don't under they don't understand quite yet because no one's French is as good as it should be. Mm-hmm. But so they finally get away. Um, and so that kind of begins their trip through Europe. They have to escape these people and stay under the radar. But these are children who are used to being very rich and, and all used of to having they have things to actually, taken care of wow. for them. And so they have to kind of live life on the road and get from place to place. And as it turns out, this trinket is the center of this big mystery. And so they have to kind of solve these puzzles. And it's so much fun. Um, it does a great job of kind of explaining race relations in Regency England um, because, I mean, all the stories you read, again, are white rich people falling in love in Regency Uh, England. uh Um, But so, not everyone was white. There were plenty of black people, Asian people, people of all descents and of assorted mixed races. And so, it talks about the way society treats Percy as half black and half white, how how it treated people of alternative sexualities that weren't heteronormative at the time. I mean, they just treated them horribly. Like, that's pretty much the end of that story. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then it also talks about one of the other plot points of the story. So Percy is epileptic. And Ooh. so back then, they were just coming into the time of, like, real scientific enlightenment. But so a lot of people believe that he's possessed by, by a demon. Yeah. yeah. And so mm-hmm. he has a lot of bad things going for him. But it's a YA book. It's half romance. And so things are okay in the end. But it's such a fun adventure. When I started reading it, it went off into like left field. And I had no idea that that's where it was going. And it was just delightful the whole time. It was so sweet. It was so fun. I read it in like a day and a half. And that's because there was like work in the middle of that. Like I started it in the (laughs) evening, went to work, and then went home and finished it. But so that was A Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue by Mackenzie Lee. And you should read it right now. (laughs) (laughs) no really it actually does sound fascinating it has a lot of really interesting little plot things going for it it does it has a lot going on but it doesn't feel like a lot's going on like it like it doesn't feel like she's crammed this book full of just like all these things it's really really well done cool so Alyssa yeah we know that you've been following this story I have so Fervently. Very dedicated. Tell me all about it. Tell me what happened now. So, this is the final installment of the Cocky Gate saga that has spread over. I don't know, this has been happening since like March or something. It's over. It's over. Friends, it's over. So, what happened? They settled and sorted everything out, out of court. 
And so I don't know all of the specifics, if there was a financial settlement or something, settlement. But Felina Hopkins, the woman who trademarked the word cocky, has withdrawn her trademark. And the word is free again. Didn't she know you should never pull out? It doesn't work. I know. Here's the thing with her. Sometimes that's okay. (laughs) It's just the whole thing's been really interesting because the entire time she's really insisted people are attacking me and I did nothing wrong. And at the very end, she posted a YouTube video, which you can watch it if you want. I watched it on mute. And just read the closed captioning because I was like, I don't want to be a part of this, but I need to know the conclusion of this story. <laughs> I used to be a journalist, okay? You need, I you have need to closure. Know. <laughs> right. So what it came down to is she was like, I was attacked and I was just attacked so much and bullied. And she's like, so I have, we came to an agreement and I withdrew the cha- trademark and like they won. Like she's, so she she's made it learned sound like, nothing. So she made it sound like she was pushed to drop it instead of dropping it because she should fucking drop yeah. it. She's, she's trying like, to make herself into the victim in this yes. case instead of her bullying everyone else saying that this very common word used in every freaking romance novel ever they can't use anymore. Yeah, I mean, her video, she's like, now anyone can use cocky whenever they want and infringe upon my property. Well, bitch, it's not your property. It's a word. But it's just, it reminds me of my least favorite thing on the face of the earth. Which is? That's not true. Gone with the wind. Scarlett O'Hara doesn't learn a fucking thing. I see the face you're making. I don't care. No, no, very no, strong no. I'm, I'm looking at her because she read it. I hate that book and that movie. <laughs> Do you like them? <laughs> Very well, sorry. I mean, Scarlett O'Hara is not the greatest person in the world. I no, will have to I mean, say it's that. No, I kind of like that whole thing. She goes through all of this, and in the end, she's learnt, applied none of it. It's kind True. of the same thing. <laughs> like, True. Alyssa's like looking at her like, is she going to hit me now? Is she going to hit me? But I still like I don't care. Scarlett O'Hara. <laughs> it's okay. No, I, that's fine. I just don't like it. But she is a spoiled little rich bitch. No, she isn't. She doesn't learn. And she doesn't learn. She she doesn't learn. She does have a lot of strength in everything that she has to do to try to keep everything together. But in the end... But at the end of the story, she didn't grow. No. She didn't have any So this is like that. She's like Scarlett O'Hara. Unless she grew a little fatter, maybe. Maybe? I don't know. Maybe not, though. But those were hungry times, weren't they? At the end, (laughs) she had gained weight. Yeah, because she was going to never be hungry again. Yeah. I was As just, God is my witness, I will, I will never, never be hungry, hungry again. again. I was just being a shithead <laughs> <Right>. over here. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with curvy girls, okay? <laughs> I love curvy girls. You better love curly, curvy girls. Some of my favorite girls are curvy. <laughs> right. <sighs> but yeah, that's the end. It ended with kind of a whimper because the high point was the court transcript but we didn't get another one and that was really disappointing for me yeah. but but at least she finally but gave it's up finally her battle over like she withdrew all of her ridiculous lawsuits like it's over it's done until someone tries to do it again but now there's a precedent free the cockies <laughs> yes Cock. free the cocks <laughs> <laughs> They've been freed. Yeah, they're free to roam now. <laughs> it's always better when it's free. <laughs> oh my God, we need to change the subject right now. <laughs> Moving right along, Miss Nicole. We're going in a different direction over here. Uh oh. 
Okay, so this one has been on like a million lists. It came out, I think, last year. Uh, I have not been able to find it in a freaking bookstore in Oklahoma at all. So I finally just freaking ordered it online. I gave up. Um, And it is called Killers of the Flower Moon, The Osage Murders, and the Birth of the FBI. Um, You're killing me, man. I just ordered that on Audible. Sorry about you. I've been literally trying to get this for forever. I remember, you know, we've been talking about this forever, and it is so highly acclaimed, this book. Yeah. Okay, so it was on, I, well, first off, he, David Gran, he wrote um, another book that was a bestseller, and it was called The Last City of Z. Oh, yes. And okay. it was a bestseller, but then he, uh, and he's written, written a couple other books, but then he wrote this one, and one, if you live in Oklahoma, it's going to be extra interesting for you, and two, he's just a really good writer, um, but it had gotten super popular because PBS started a book club on social, like Facebook mm-hmm. and like millions of people are, yep. uh, That's where are I part saw of it. it. Yep. And it was their first book club book. And so I've like, ever since I saw that, I've been wanting to read this. And I mean, then it's actually, there's a contract on it for a movie and it's supposed to star Leonardo DiCaprio and it's supposed to start uh, filming in January of Wait, in spring of, I think it said 2018, so it should be filming yeah. like right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, essentially, it is talking about um, the Osage Indian tribe, um, and they were originally in Arkansas, but uh, the America, the government moved them to this horrible land in uh, northeast Oklahoma. That's and, filled with lead. Well, it, Isn't very that where the rocky. Lead, lead mines are. I yeah, don't know. I think it is. Okay. Anyways, very rocky. Uh, they thought this land was worthless, gave it to this Native American tribe, and they had been living on it until this guy shows up on the land, finds oil, and suddenly the the Osage tribe, it, they're like millionaires because they all get, if you are a Native American, you get a check um, based off of the profit for your land, and so all of a sudden, all this tribe, they're getting, hunt, at the time, hundreds of dollars every month. Because of the oil royalties. Right. Like, there's these people, one of them, um, that they really focus on is Molly uh, Burkhart and her family, but they had servants, and some of them were white or Mexican or African-American, and the white people that lived around there hated it because they looked down on Native Americans at that time. It was a very big deal that these... These these Indians were richer than them, and it's at the towards the end. Like there are still kind of cowboys at this time, and like robbers and all that stuff. So all of a sudden, these Indians are getting super rich, um, and it focuses on Molly. And all of a sudden, Molly's sister shows up dead one day, and then. Slowly, these people who are very rich, Native Americans, part of this tribe, they keep getting, like, somebody's poisoned, they uh. find somebody else shot, and every then somebody will try and go and investigate it, and they'll end up dead. Oh, dear. See, and, that's kind of why I was interested in that as a murder mystery, not as a historical thing, but... Mm-hmm. But, and this really <laughs> happened, and so then, um, then... The like government really can't figure out what's going on, who's responsible. Um, plus, their investigators keep 
they show up dead too. So then uh, J. Edgar Hoover starts the FBI. Oh, that all happened at that same time? They, he starts the FBI huh. because... I knew that's who started the FBI, Was so I knew about what time frame it was. Because, I mean, you I'm know... I'm clueless about stuff like that. Political history. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I not know that? <laughs> and this was actually uh, the first big, giant murder case for the FBI, and the FBI royally fucked it up. Imagine that! Uh, the government <laughs> fucking something up! No way! Cause, well, it's just the this government organization that just started. There's really no organization to it. And then you've got, like, they're coming into this state they've probably, you know, like, never mm-hmm. been to in the middle of nowhere. All this new technology that they don't actually know how to use trying to solve this murder mystery. And it is fascinating. And I, <clears throat> so, yeah. And David Grand does an amazing job presenting the facts, like, in telling this story, and it's not boring. And I also like the book because it has pictures in it, guys. Mm-hmm. Pictures? But, like, it'll have pictures of, uh, like, it talks about, like, the guy that he thinks killed all of these people. Oh. And the total murder count was, like, 24 people. Like, Jeez. just trying to figure out why Modern these people are being murdered. Or, or one of the first serial killers, huh? Kind well, no, because... That was H.H. H. Holmes. Well, in America. That was H.H. H. Holmes. In, in America? America? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And that was during the Chicago World Fair. Nine. Damn. 99. Boy, you people are just a wealth of information over uh, here. It would have been 18. Alyssa, 18. the romance girl, comes out with the America's first serial killer. I love romance and true crime. Oh, that's right. These are my favorite true, things. True crime. We got to get you in yeah. the... We got to find you another true crimey one, too. And so... So he'll have pictures of um, like the Indian tribes, um, and then the actual characters that are being murdered, and then like he'll pick this pictures of the suspect and where uh. bodies were found, or like just pictures of Oklahoma. And it's I don't know. It just actually adds. It makes it less like he his it makes writing it less is really boring good. for you. <laughs> well, no, because I actually his writing is good, so it does. It's not boring to read. Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't feel like you're reading a textbook or anything. It's, it's he's telling you a story. It's really good. But I like to see, like, the pictures of it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just adds to your story. It's a good experience. Yeah. It's straight cr- true crime, and it reads like a novel. Yeah. You've read it, too? Yeah. <laughs> of course I have. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Well, uh, now I, you know, I'm, I'm totally lost on this because I just, I finally broke down and bought the audio version of it. So I won't be able to enjoy the pictures, but oh, well. I'll let you borrow mine. Have you read the other, his other one, like The Last City of Z? I haven't yet, okay. but it's on my list. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Did you like it as much as I did? I loved it so much. <laughs> and Let's I just have a love fest over there. I love very good true crime, and this is oh, yeah. one of the best. This and, like, The Stranger Beside Me, which is, like, the classic. Like, it's this is probably, like, number two. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. And I went and read some of the reviews. I just do that now for some reason, even though sometimes I torture myself reading people's horrible reviews of these books, books that you loved. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, there, a lot of people said they've never heard of this event, which I was kind of surprised. Like, I remember seeing a documentary on I it a long time I ago. hadn't heard about it before. But it is fat. Like, and especially mm-hmm. if you live in Oklahoma... It is fascinating because that's not very. I mean, we live not in Oklahoma City, ago, yeah. But well, not very far from where we oh, are now. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So I don't know. It's called the uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, which, by the way, the first paragraph talks about like the killers, like 
it's the namesake and it's kind of fascinating it's oh. talking about flowers that die on the full moon in the spring but uh yeah and it's by david gran gran yeah g-r-a-n-n oh okay did you know that the outsiders happened in tulsa oklahoma yes because mm-hmm. essie hinton is from here yep oh. i just learned that the other day i mean when i read oh, really? it i lived in new york so i wouldn't have remembered wow See, it, maybe we should review that on this podcast i haven't read I, it's been so long since i've read that i'd have to reread it I haven't read it since high school, but I didn't like it in high school. But to be fair, I didn't like Anything a lot of required in reading in high school. Yeah, <laughs> She has a lot of books, though. She does. She has a lot of books. All right, kiddos. How about we switch to me? Go for it. No. Sorry, I'm reading the history of the FBI now. So. I was going to say, all of a sudden, Bonnie got really quiet. And she's like being very... Um, what would you call that? Engrossed in her phone suddenly. And I'm like, what? Am I chopped liver over here? Well, no, because, I mean, you know me and Googling things. And it looks like <laughs> Oklahoma was quite the lawless little state. Well, and the FBI had we to come down mess. here. Well, it was still like, lot. there were cowboys. And, I mean, they still, the, uh, the actual town where, like, the Osage were based in, like mm-hmm. their tribe was, they didn't really have a sheriff. They had, like... I mean, they didn't really have a police station or, like, or like some anything. Folks. Yeah. <laughs> some folks. It was with some guys gun. with guns. Yeah. Literally, it talks about this guy who he, he volunteered or he was like something like that. And he carried a badge literally just to say he had one. And then he'd carry two guns because why not? You gotta have an extra gun since you don't have a real badge. I mean, and we explain so much about Oklahoma. Oklahoma started out earlier because it says even as the force of special agents were being that would become the FBI were being created, Justice Department examiners were conducting investigations in Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. the state that had been established only one year earlier. (laughs) Well, you know what? The book that I found in the control room last week. Did I show you that? I had it at the library on Wednesday. Yeah, Boomtown. Mm -hmm. I think you need to read that. Why is it good? Well, yes, it is. It's very good. Um, but some of the history stuff, I'm like, yawn. <laughs> I think somebody, uh, I mean, the guy who wrote it is so incredibly, he's such a good writer. And I can't think of what his name is right at the top of my head because I haven't finished reading the book yet. But there's two. I'm reading that. Yeah, I think I think Vonnie might need need to read it because she'll be much more interested in it For than Boomtown. me. Oh, I was going to mention like 1920. <clears throat> like if you think about 1920s, you've got in big cities mm-hmm. flapper girls a little yeah. bit. Uh-huh. You're about yeah. to go into World War One. Yeah. Uh, you've got literally like I, I don't know I can't even imagine 1920 I would not want to live in there right, right before everyone is the, smoking Great Depression Dust Bowl smoking dancing drinking Dust Bowl jazz yeah jazz all that if jazz. you're in a big city unless you were in Oklahoma and then it was gangsters oh, and, and murderers and fraud the, and con men oh yes gangsters murderers they talk a lot about prohibition because it's in effect during this time period <sighs> What a rich, chewy history, huh? Huh? Mm-hmm. You guys are so excited over there. Like, like a bunch of... Maybe Anybody need to go home and change before I do my review? <laughs> do you, Martha? No, You're the I'm one that in. likes to talk about that all the time. No. Talk about what? What are we talking about? No, I says... Sex. Those guys are getting wet panties <laughs> talking about history over there. And I'm just saying, uh, I'm totally dry out uh, over here. I mean, I don't really go <laughs> for the nothing. bad boy time, so gangster talk doesn't really turn me on. Talk nerdy to me, baby. Uh, how about mystery? Anybody? Anybody? I just... 
I got a mystery. <laughs> Go for it. Mysteries are good sometimes. Every once mysteries. in a while. This was too. actually an excellent mystery. And I've read a couple of books by him before. The name of the book is The Word is Murder by Anthony Horwitz. Oh, I like him. Yes, so do I. Um, but this one was particularly interesting because of the beginning. Just, I love a good premise. And I love a good, well-executed m- murder mystery. So, a woman walks into a funeral parlor to plan her own funeral. And then dies the same day. Dum, dum, dum. I'm Did def- she know she was going to die? Well, I, I can't say that. Is this like an older woman going to plan her funeral? Or no. is this like a very... No, she's okay. a... She's a I, mean, I think she has a 20-year-old son. I don't remember exactly okay. how old he was, but she's not, she's not ill. She doesn't have anything going on. It's very unusual circumstances and situation. Hmm. And it's, it, it twists so hard that it just about snapped my neck. But I knew from the beginning I was going to love it. Because with a premise like that, how could I not love this book? Actually, I was prepared to hate it because of that reason. Mm, Because you thought it was all downhill. Because usually I'm like, okay, it cannot possibly live up to my expectations at this point. A former detective approaches an author to write his story. And that's also a big part of of the mystery. And I found myself getting a little bit distracted by the mystery of the detective himself. Mm-hmm. Because there were so many things he wouldn't say about himself. And so I, I kept thinking there was going to be, you know, something to that. So it was like I felt myself clenching through the whole thing, wondering what the hell is up with this detective. Um, so I think that really just added to the case for me. And I read it so fast because it, it was just so much in my mystery wheelhouse that I'm just like, choo. But, I mean, you got to admit, planning your own funeral and getting murdered on the same day, damn, that's pretty cool. that's crazy. Now I want to read it. Yeah. Speaking of that, I would just like to say while we were on our hiatus, I read The Woman in Cabin Tin, The Death of Mrs. Westaway, and T-Girl of Hummingbird Lane, all three, I think you reviewed all three. I reviewed all three of those. Which, I loved all of them. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Because I like mysteries. But, uh, well, I have to say, the death of Mrs. Mrs. Westaway was better than Woman in Cabin Tin. Definitely. I would Although definitely say that. Woman in Cabin Tin makes me never, ever want to go on a cruise. <laughs> that was creepy. You know, that was a creepy book. That was a creepy-ass book. And then T-Girl of Hummingbird Lane, like, I absolutely loved it. And now I want to read China Dolls, which I think you reviewed, Vani. Yeah, I did yep. China Dolls. I think because I read... it's by the same author. I think I read uh, the T of... T-Girl of Hummingbird Lane? I think about I read that one. About the adoption and the trees? In China. I think I read that one. Or I tried to read it and I couldn't get through it. I don't know. It sounds familiar. I mean, I wouldn't have reviewed it because you did, but Hmm. I think I might have read that one. Oh, it was so I know it was on like every list, too, so I'd been trying to read it for a while. I mean, even though China Dolls wasn't one of my favorites, um, Mm -hmm. it was pretty good. It kept my interest and it was an interesting story. Mm -hmm. I liked it. So I did like it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like I said; it's not like it was a World War II book. Yeah, I think T Girl is going to be one of my favorites of this year. Yeah, you and think then so? yeah. I also have one, and it's uh, which I think you will like. It's by the author who wrote White Oleander, which I think. Oh yeah, yeah, about. I like I I read that; it mm-hmm. was good. But this one is called The Revolution of Marina K. I think, but it's. And it's by the same author, but it's about the Russian Revolution. <gasps> Ooh, Ooh, I like me. me a Russian. But 
You know what the only problem with this book is? Why what? I have not read it yet? Why? Because it's 800 pages, so I have to like <gasps> make sure I actually have enough. It's a Russian and it's big. Oh my <laughs> God, it's a big Russian. Sometimes size matters. Because <laughs> I was going to start it uh, like, I was going to start it Sunday, I think. And I got like 20 pages in and I was like, I'm not finishing this before the podcast. I can't read this right now. Like, I need something I can finish before What's Friday. What's it called? Uh, hold on. Let me double check. Or oh, let me give, name. Let me give Tyler and Artist on my oh, book first. Sorry. Okay. Uh, my book was called The Word is Murder by Anthony Horowitz. Sorry, I got all excited about the big Russian. I know. Everybody's all like, oh. I'm like, big Russian. Oh, sorry. It's The, the name, Revolution the of Marina M. By Janet Fitch. Who, Janet Fitch, And yes. Janet Fitch, one, her books, if you've read them, are like very poetic, which I haven't read this one yes, yet. So she's very poetic. I don't know how... Oh, hey, that's available right now, even. Mm-hmm. But just good luck, because 800 pages. Um, By the way, this is book Hell. one. Even better Hell. for her. This is the woman that read The Pillars of the Earth twice. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> she, she read, read The Pillars of the Earth, she's fine. But here's one... Th- <laughs> Janet Fitch teaches writing classes in California, and I want to take them so bad. <gasps> well, you might just have to have yourself a little trip. I'm not going to go, gonna go live a, in California for six months to no, take one. No, but you could class. take a writing workshop. I don't. I don't think. I don't know if she does. Go work at Joe Cooper. Our next. Our next um, vacation is in California. She teaches at. I don't remember if it's UCLA or. Like univer- it's Southern California Damn though. It. I remember. Well, that's sure. where the trip is. It's pretty out there. I just get nervous with all the people. <laughs> I want to go yeah, to the redwoods. They're p- amazing. Before they disappear forever. Oh, before they goodness. like burn or something. They just re- finished finished redoing like the paths and stuff towards the very far back. Uh huh. I don't have any idea. Well, I'm just saying, like, now's a good time to go because they had just they because when I went, some of the paths were closed because they were. Oh. They have wa- wooden, um, like walking, because the roots for the redwood trees are like really oh, high. So they okay. have raised wooden trails. So that you're not walking yeah. on the roots on accident. And, and it's so pretty. Me and Travis went. Mm. I will say they're super fire resistant. So don't worry too much. I have one on my front okay. porch if you want it. A redwood? Yeah, you can buy oh, them. Oh, shit. Oh, I can't believe I fell for that, Nicole. No, I really do. It's a giant sequoia, but it's like this tall right now. I thought you were talking about your redwood deck. No. <laughs> I'm not an asshole. I have a chop down in front of my build a deck. <laughs> I have a giant sequoia. I bought it. You can buy them online. I right need now to it's get a baby. one. It's just a baby. It's like this tall. Oh, I'm getting one of those. It was like get myself a seed. Fifty dollars, maybe. Wow. Well, no, to buy like one already talk, and it takes a hundred years to grow that big. Wow, that's freaking awesome. When you die, you want me to put your ashes in a redwood seed? I'd probably die or something. You know, that would be depressing because th- you die and they make a tree out of you, and then your tree dies. I mean, how depressing is that? <laughs> I just don't want to do that because I hate the outdoors. Everyone's like, "That's really cool." I was like, "That would subvert who I am as a person." I know. If I well, I'm gonna be became jewelry. a tree. I want to be jewelry. Be jewelry? Yes. They you do that could, now, You can too. also be a vinyl record. I don't I don't want to be a vinyl record because then no one would ever play me. I actually would like to be buried in a coffin and I would like to decompose, but I want to be put in like a pine box. So pine like, box would be better. Because coffin then is gross. so then it'll it'll disintegrate and I will 
disintegrate and then that feeds the earth as it that should got be weird yes it sure, sure, certainly <laughs> little, did a little morbid it talking about did. our death plans but i mean it's your fault you're the one that brought up a book about a woman planning her own death that's oh, true yeah. martha that's i true. want you to I get did. me cremated and then put me in a little necklace you wear around your neck. <laughs> you know i'd wear you every day nicole I seriously found a place that did that, and I was thinking about they doing do that, that with like, my They do that and stuff. They do it, well, they make diamonds now. Yeah. I'm not saying there's ashes. anything wrong with that. I just, just, I don't, I'm going to like make sure in my will I get myself cremated for me and find somebody <laughs> that really, like leave it to like the w- weirdest person possible. I can leave my cremated necklace to. I'll hang to you from my car it. mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. That She'll way shine her light upon you. <laughs> exactly. Well, that way when I'm swearing at traffic, I mean, I have somebody to talk to. <laughs> oh, I think on that note, that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.